You're listening to Comedy Central. October 7, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. is the young woman formerly known as Emily Doe in the Stanford University sexual assault case. She's now telling her story in a powerful new memoir. Chanel Miller is gonna be joining us tonight, everybody. Really, really fantastic conversation. Great book as well. Also on tonight's show, China declares war on the NBA. Tyler Perry built a new Hollywood and how oversleeping can get you jail time. So let's catch up on today's headlines. Let's kick it off with Tyler Perry, writer, director, mogul, and part-time woman who whips people's ass. (laughs) Well, now he's taking things to a whole new level. Tyler Perry made history over the weekend with the opening of his new film studio in Atlanta, becoming the first African-American to own a studio outright without any other partners. The Atlanta Film Complex spans, listen to this, 330 acres with 12 sound stages. It's larger than the Burbank, California lots owned by Warner Brothers, Paramount, and Walt Disney Studios combined. The centerpiece of the opening of the Tyler Perry Studios was a dedication of 12 sound stages named after black directors, producers, actresses who have all made contributions to cinema, including Cicely Tyson, Oprah. Wow. 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 That is insane. Really impressive, but at the same time, classic patriarchy. Medea makes all the money, but Tyler Perry takes the credits. Huh? Why aren't those Medea studios, huh, Tyler? <laughs> but jokes aside, man, this is really amazing, right? Because Tyler Perry Studios was already impressive. Black Panther, The Walking Dead, were all shot there. But now he's expanded it to become one of the biggest movie studios in the country. So huge. I mean, congratulations again, Tyler Perry. Well done to you and everyone who's worked on this. And naming each location for an African-American icon is a great tribute. I mean, he even built a soundstage for Oprah. Do you know how rich you have to be to give something to Oprah, huh? Like, she probably forgot what that even feels like. I bet she was just there like, wait, what is happening? I get a studio, you get a studio, we're all getting studios! She was probably like, what is this? And I know, I know Tyler Perry is building the studio for everyone else to use, but if I was him, I would make it a rule that Medea has to be in every movie that films there. Yeah, I would do that. I'd be like, Medea even has to be in Star Wars. Yeah, Darth Vader would be like, Luke, I am your father. Then Medea would probably be like, and I'm your auntie. That's right. You black Luke, welcome to the big Happy Force family. I think my favorite thing about this new studio is the White House set. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's, it's a replica and it's 35,000 odd square feet. I was thinking we could definitely trick Trump into living there. Yeah, we just, we just spin him around a few times, put him in the White House problem solved. Yeah, and then he'll see Tyler Perry and he'll be like, Ben Carson, great to see you. So good. So again, congrats to Tyler Perry. It's really great to see a black person so successful, you know, black progress, that's what it looks like. But let's move on. Because while we're inspired by a whole new level of black progress, this next story reminds you there's still a long way to go. 
When they say that jury duty is mandatory, they really do mean it. Just ask the Florida man who ended up in jail after missing his first day serving on a trial. Today, DeAndre Somerville came to court on time. The 21-year-old apologizing to the judge after he says he overslept, missing his first day serving on a jury. Somerville, who had never been arrested, now has a criminal record for contempt and spent 10 days in jail with hardened criminals. The judge today explained the punishment. The critic's charge was over the top. Mr. Somerville was the only African-American on our jury and represented a very important cross-section of our community. Okay, I'm sorry, but this right here, is the biggest load of bullshit I have ever seen in a long time. This is trash. Like, you know, you know racism is bad in America when a black man can get thrown in jail at someone else's trial. That's like some M. Night Shyamalan twist-ending racism. The judge is like, the defendant is free to go, but we find this black juror guilty. Take him to jail. I mean, think about it. Felicity Huffman committed fraud and only got 14 days for fraud, right? This guy came late to jury duty and he gets 10 days and he got a year of probation. He gets community service and a fine. Yeah, that punishment does not fit the crime. That would be like on a flight, if like the flight attendant caught you unbuckling your seatbelt during takeoff and they just kicked you out the plane. Get out! <laughs> What's even worse is that reason that the judge gave, right? The judge is like, no, I'm punishing you because you were the only black juror and we needed a black person's perspective on the jury. In other words, he got sent to jail because he was the only black juror. So why not just put him on another jury, huh? Because that's where you say you need the black people. You know where you don't need more black people? In jail, mother <laughs> That's where, in jail. <laughs> and finally, moving on. This is a fun video out of Long Island. Before you watch it, no animals or humans were harmed in the making of this story, but uh, everyone's minds were blown. Well, the owner of a hair salon on Long Island, you talk about a scare. Wow. This was quite the scare after a deer crashed right through the front window. And the chaos was all caught on camera. <laughs> I'd be screaming too. Yes, customers began screaming and shards of glass went flying after the deer dashed into the beautiful salon in Lake Ronkongaba. One woman who was waiting on the couch was kicked by the buck as it jumped over her. She was not seriously hurt. The deer finally galloped out the front door with the hair straightener tangled around its antlers. Holy shit! That is insane. That reminds me of me when I'm running behind on a hair appointment. I also do the same thing. I just bust through the window. Yeah, because if you're late for a haircut, you know how they treat you. They treat you like shit. Yeah, you'll leave the salon with a messed up line looking like a broke-ass LeBron. You gotta get in there quickly. You gotta get in there quickly. Also, I love how the deer crashed through the window, but then left through the front door. <laughs> it's almost like the deer was like, sorry, so I didn't mean to make a scene. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But again, the good news is it looks like no one was hurt. And as for the straightener, the deer left with, let's just say uh, that the deer put it to some good work. Yeah. <laughs> nice job, Bambi. All right. That's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. <laughs> Over the last few days, the impeachment case against Donald Trump has seen a number of big developments. A second whistleblower stepped forward, damning text messages from American diplomats were released, and Rudy Giuliani was caught going through Joe Biden's trash. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't looking for dirt, he was just hungry. Now, if you were facing the biggest crisis of your presidency, what would you do? Probably lay low and focus on putting out this fire. But you see, you're not Donald Trump, because if you were Donald Trump, you would start a whole new fire. 
We're following breaking news from Syria. In a major U.S. policy shift this morning, American troops are pulling back to make way for Turkey's planned invasion of part of northern Syria. Video out this morning shows American forces leaving an area along Turkey's border. The abrupt change follows a phone call last night between President Trump and Turkey's president. Top Pentagon officials telling Fox News they were blindsided by the move. Okay, this is just insane. At 11 p.m. last night, President Trump announced at 11 p.m., that the U.S. would be pulling its troops out of a key part of Syria. Even crazier is that he didn't tell the Pentagon. Yeah, they were blindsided. That's like not telling NASA you're gonna blow up the moon. That's their thing. They'll just be phoning you like, oh, sir, uh, we have a situation. It appears the moon has exploded. Be like, oh yeah, that was me. <laughs> Consider the werewolf problem solved. <laughs> sir, there's no werewolf problem. Exactly. <laughs> now, Trump's decision to leave this area of Syria may not seem like that big of a deal, but it really is. Because you see, American troops in Syria have been protecting Kurdish forces from Turkey. And you might be like, well, why do we care so much about what happens to Kurdish forces? Well, because the Kurds have been essential in America's fight against ISIS. This is a major shift with the potential for major national security implications, which some Pentagon officials have tried to talk President Trump out of. These Syrian Kurdish forces have been America's strongest ally in taking back territory that ISIS had captured. These forces also are holding many of the 10 thousand ISIS fighters that have been captured. Turkey sees these Syrian Kurds as a terrorist insurgency and has long urged the U.S. to stop its support of the group. So this morning, President Trump is now giving the green light to Turkey for a military operation that would clear these Kurds out of northern Syria. The United States now says the Kurds are on their own. The Kurds say today they've been stabbed in the back. Okay, I know there's a lot going on there, but the main takeaway is that Trump's decision has now put America's Kurdish allies in danger. And after a move like this, you can't blame America's allies for thinking America's word ain't shit, right? It's sort of like how Apple Care claims it'll protect you, but then when you take your phone in, they're like, oh, sorry, this doesn't cover broken screens. <laughs> and you're like, what do you mean it doesn't cover screens? The whole thing is a screen. That's the only thing. The phone is a screen. <laughs> so, Trump's surprise military move has now put the Kurds at risk. And without the Kurds, ISIS could make a comeback. And not in like a cool, small part in a Tarantino movie kind of way, not that kind of comeback. Which is why it's no surprise that Trump's own allies have started abandoning him. Trump's former UN ambassador, Nikki Haley, tweeting, we must always have the backs of our allies if we expect them to have our back. We're completely abandoning them to die. I mean, they could absolutely be slaughtered. And this is unconscionable. This is so unacceptable. A disastrous well, series of events. I hope the president will rethink this. Critics of the decision include top Republican senators, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham. McConnell saying today an early U.S. withdrawal would only benefit Russia, Iran and Syria. That's right, even Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader and Jack O'Lantern in December, <laughs> has come out <laughs> condemning Trump. Although, like, I'll be honest, Mitch McConnell is so unemotional, I don't know if his words, like, have ever made anyone change their mind, you know? He'd be worse than talking down like a jumper. He would just be like, well, don't do it, <laughs> Think about all the beauty in the world, <laughs> So everyone from Fox and Friends to Neckflaps and Friends have spoken out against Trump's military move. And in response, Trump tweeted earlier today, relax, motherfuckers, 
I got this. Just moments ago, President Trump tweeted, as I have stated strongly before, and just to reiterate, if Turkey does anything that I, in my great and unmatched wisdom, consider to be off limits, I will totally destroy and obliterate the economy of Turkey. I've done before. Okay, 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 okay. No, 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 no. Before you judge Trump, he is technically correct. There is nobody who matches his wisdom. (laughs) He is correct. I mean, no other person, no other person had the wisdom to stare directly into a solar eclipse, huh? (laughs) So if you're a member of the Kurdish forces right now, you're probably a little nervous because you got ISIS coming from one side and now Turkey coming from the other. And you're probably wondering if there's any way to get Trump back on your side. Well, I do think there is one option. Kurdish forces, you need to phone Trump and you need to tell him you have dirt on Joe Biden. (laughs) But if he wants it, he's gonna have to give you military aid, or as I like to call it, a Kurd pro quo. (laughs) We'll be right back. which means it's time for another edition of I Apologize for Talking While You Were Talking. Yeah, what's up, sports freaks? I'm Michael Costa. I'm Roy Wood Jr. And Costa, what a weekend it was for sports. Yankees, Dodgers, baseball playoffs, Redskins got beat so bad, they fired their coach at 5 o'clock in the morning. What games did you watch? I actually didn't watch any sports. I went to see the Joker movie. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. I mean, clown movies are so funny. All the time. I think you watched that wrong. Anyway, let's get started with some history being made in the world of gymnastics. World champion gymnast Simone Biles is making history again. The Olympic phenom wowed the crowd during the World Championships this weekend with two moves that have never been done before. And get this, each of those new moves, they will now be called the Biles. The first twisting three times while doing two flips in midair during floor exercise. The second on the balance beam. Backflip, backflip, double, double. With two moves already named for her. One on the vault at last year's Worlds, and this on floor exercise. Double layout with a half twist, also known as the Biles. Yes! Just flipping! Simone Biles! I mean, she's out there making history with all her flips and spins and vaults. I'm worried one of these times she's gonna keep spinning and just shoot off into space. It might happen. It might happen. Let's just think about this for a second. Have you thought about this? Okay. How amazing this is. Simone has four moves named after her, which makes everything easier for the announcers. You're announcing yep. a Simone yep. Biles, man. You know, uh, Simone's is now going into a Biles with the Biles, and here she comes with the Biles, and oh, oh, she stuck the Biles. Oh my goodness. They should just rename gymnastics Simone Biles. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, Roy, I don't think this is such a big deal. I mean, my PE teacher named a gymnastics move after me, okay? It's the Michael Costa, and it's when you're playing dodgeball and you go for the ball and your pants fall down and everyone sees the penis-shaped birthmark on your butt. Damn, that happened? That happened to me 11 times, Roy. So We're gonna move on. The NBA season tips off in a couple weeks, but the preseason is already cooking. That's right, but like that time I wore a do-rag, it's not without controversy. 
This morning, Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Houston Rockets, setting off a firestorm with this now-deleted tweet, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. That tweet referring to the massive protests against Beijing and the former British colony. China, where the NBA is the number one sports league, reacted swiftly, putting intense pressure on the Rockets. The Chinese Basketball Association, run by former Rocket Yao Ming, announced it would suspend all cooperation with the Houston team. The team's owner tweeting, D. Morey does not speak for the Houston Rockets. Oh, man. This is huge. Yeah, yeah. This is very huge. Yeah. The Rockets GM tweeted out support to the Hong Kong protesters. Now China is shutting down their relationship with the NBA. Yeah, this is a bit of a total overreaction from China. That's like finding a spider in your bedroom and you burn down the whole house, you know? You only need to burn down the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of a surprise to me, though, because China and the Houston Rockets have a lot in common. It's true. James Harden. James Harden likes to work in isolation. Mm -hmm. And China likes forcing people to work in isolation. That's true. Look, look and, and, and look at Yao Ming. I mean, that's a blast from the past. Did you know he's still seven foot six even after he retired? I mean, why keep being tall if you're not even in the NBA? It's a good point. But I got to be honest with you, Costa. I'm disappointed in the NBA. You're going to silence one of your execs to keep making money overseas? I agree, Roy. China is the victim here. That's not what I said. What? Wait a minute. Are you getting paid by China? That is cr absolutely crazy, but almost as crazy as not using Chinese integrated circuitry for your integrated circuitry needs. It's so good, you won't even care if it's spying on you. Sell out. Speaking, speaking of basketball, Let's move now to the NCAA, where the Kansas yep. Jayhawks, you know, they had a big preseason celebration to mark their first practice. They even hired Snoop Dogg to perform. But whoever booked him clearly doesn't know who Snoop Dogg That's is. Right. This morning, the University of Kansas is apologizing for this video that you see here. Wearing a KU shirt, Snoop Dogg performed several of his hits uncensored, fired bills into the crowd with a money cannon, and poles were brought out for, quote, acrobatic dancers. This happened Friday night at an event that was meant to kick off the Jayhawks men's basketball season. The University of Kansas Athletic Director Jeff Long apologized, saying, quote, we expected a clean version of the show. Organizers expect to happen. Yeah. If you invite Snoop Dogg, if you invite Snoop Dogg to yeah. perform, you know what you get. That's right. Getting some cussing. Yep. Getting some pimping. Yep. Getting some booties. Yep. Getting some weed. Yep. What did you expect? The kids' bop version of gin and juice? Oh. I would love a kids' bop version of gin and juice, you know? Rolling down the sidewalk in my big wheel, sipping on juicy juice. Lay back. With my mind on my Legos and my Legos on my mind. Boom. No, that was terrible. It's, it's, it's usually better when I wear my do-rag, but Roy, this, this, this wasn't a good look for this school. You can't have strippers at a campus event. They were not strippers. They were acrobatic dancers. Okay, they, they were acrobatic dancers until Snoop started showering money on them. That's the rule. If anyone throws cash at you, you automatically become a stripper, okay? You take your clothes off every night when you come home, right? But if someone's throwing money at you, boom, you're a stripper. Okay. Well, if that's the case, Kasha, I'm yep. gonna make you a stripper right oh, now. I love that. Call me White Mocha. Call me White Mocha. Yeah. 
dancing, Mika. You want to see my birthmark? Hey, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. What? That's all for us, Trevor. Back to you. Woo! Michael Costa Roy with Junior, everybody. We'll be right back. is a writer and an artist known as Emily Doe. She was sexually assaulted by Brock Turner in 2015, and her powerful story, her powerful statements became a rallying cry for assault survivors. She reveals her name and shares her story in the new book, Know My Name. Please welcome Chanel Miller. <laughs> Welcome to The Daily Show. Thank you, Trevor. And congratulations on a book that is drawing accolades from every single person who has read it. It's a powerful story. The book is titled Know My Name. For a long time, you were anonymous, and then you chose to come out with your name and your full story. Why? Well, I wanted the title to be declarative and definitive, to say I am choosing to step forward and I'm not going to hide anymore because this is not my burden to carry. I feel like at this point, I know who I am. I know what I'm worth and I know what I'm capable of. And when you know yourself on that deep level, it becomes very hard to mess with you. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that's what the story and the book is all about. You know, you... you you wrote down your experiences on the pages of this book and you write beautifully, but it's also painful and triumphant at the same time. How long did it take you to, to, to move from a place in your life where you were only thinking about the pain to then moving to a place where you're like, no, I'm going to turn this into my triumph and I'm going to turn this into a rallying cry? Mm, well, one post-it note I had next to my desk as I was writing just said, feel what I felt. And it was very important for me to just acknowledge every feeling I had experienced, to not tuck any of them away and to lay it out on the page. And it's funny because I worked so hard to get on the paper exactly what I was feeling inside. Right. And as soon as that aligned, it would click and I would move on and I wouldn't think much about it. But when I was on Oprah, she picked up the book and as she was reading passages to me, I was listening and I was like, damn, like, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh... That's what, that's what Oprah does. She, yeah. uh, she'll read your book to you and then you're like, I need to buy my book. You're like... <laughs> I know, I'm a genius. Right. I just... <laughs> but, but, I, but I understand why so many people are connecting with it, because the book is not just powerful in that it tells your story. It unfortunately tells the story of so many other women out there, not just in America, but in the world. Yeah. You know, the Brock Turner case was one where everyone felt like the case wasn't handled well. Everyone felt aggrieved on your behalf. You, you, had, you had the story where it, it was cut and dry. Yeah. And you talk about it in the book. You talk about the pain, the shame, and how people try to shift it to you. What, do you. what do you hope people will learn about being a victim of sexual assault and how hard it is to share your story? I write in the book 
Your character is not what caused your hurts to happen. And as you go through this process, you will find people who try to intimidate you, who will scare you into silence, people who want to humiliate you and tell you that you are crazy and you are small. And I want to say you are not crazy and you are not small. So know your truth, hold on to that truth, and it will carry you where you need to go. Just one of the more powerful passages in the book is where you talk about the actual assault. And because you were blacked out, you have to tell the story partly from what you remember and then using the account of the Swedes who came to your aid. You know, those two Swedish men who came and, and chased Brock Turner and, and basically filled in the, the pieces of the puzzle, you know? Mm-hmm. What's interesting is, is, is what you write about them and you say it made you realize that it wasn't... You know, in all of these stories, it's not just the person that is doing the bad thing and the person that the bad thing is being done to, but there are those who see it and identify it as wrong and they do something about it. Why was it so important for you to speak about it in that way? Can I just say that one of the Swedes, Carl, is here in the audience tonight? So can we just clap? Anytime you see him on the street, you are now required to clap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's so unbelievable to me, the clarity of mind that they had to jump into action, to not only tackle him and pin him to the ground, but they were speaking to him, saying, what the F are you doing? Do you think this is okay? Apologize to her. They wanted to make sure I was being taken care of. And I think for me, on the same night where one of the most terrible things happened, this miracle happened, which is that I was saved. And so as I went through the trial and I was stuck in sort of the darker parts and really down on myself, I still had this hope that there are people out there who want me to get better, who are doing the right thing. And I just have to keep following that part. And that's how I'm going to get out on the other side. I mean, if there's Guys like that, that exist in this world, why do we lower our expectations? We don't need to make excuses for predators. We don't need to make excuses for people who don't know how to n- treat another person decently, who don't know right from wrong, because there are people sitting here who do. Wow. The book is a journey, it's powerful. The book is your life. Thank you for sharing it with us. And congratulations on everything. Know My Name, a beautiful story, is available now. Chanel Miller, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. 
follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.